Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Before I start my sermon this morning, I want to I don't know if it's a confession or if I wanted to come up front with you. Um, you know, I am an ordained lay minister. I did not go to seminary. So every once in a while when I'm doing some research on a sermon, I come across something and I said, and I think, oh, really? Well, that's the way with this sermon that I was writing today. When I came across something, it honestly blew my mind, and I, I hope it affects you the way it did me. It may, just made me feel real good and real comforted. So that's where, that's where I'm coming from this morning. <laughs> well, looking at this beautiful sunshine this morning, January, looking back, was a really long, cold month. And then came along February with the frigid temps and all that snow. I, for one, am looking forward to March, day after tomorrow, and the coming of spring, because it is coming. I know it is. I know it is. Our scripture lesson this morning, focusing around the time that Jesus took three of his disciples with him, and went up on a hilltop or a mountaintop to pray. Well, I've been to a mountaintop a few times, and you probably have too. It's so, so tempting to want to stay there, isn't it? But we can't. It is a gift to be able to stay there for a day or two, or wonder of wonders, maybe for a week. But then it's so hard to come back to reality back to the same old, same old grind. But we strive for the ability to retain some of that mountaintop experience, to be able to recall it and to remember it, savoring it enough so that in, it enlightens and inspires your everyday life. The goal is to change your outlook in a positive way. The scripture that we're looking at this morning, recall the time when Jesus and those few of his disciples had a mountaintop experience. But the disciples used their mountaintop time to sleep. Maybe we've done that too. Wasted that precious time that Jesus spent in prayer, in conversation with his father with God. When Jesus was in a quandary about what to do, which road to take, which direction to head, it says that he always went to his Father for guidance. Well, it might be a good thing for us to do, too. Well, here's what happened, as it's reported in the Gospel of Luke. This took place after the, the disciples came to him, and Jesus asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? 
But when it comes right down to it, the real question is not who do others say that I am, but who do you say that Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? What difference does his life and death mean to you? From Luke 9. About a week after Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him and went up a hill to pray. While he was praying, his face changed and his clothes became dazzlingly white. Suddenly, two men were there talking with him. They were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in heavenly glory. And they talked with Jesus about the way in which he would soon fulfill God's purpose by dying in Jerusalem. Well, Peter and his companions were sound asleep. But they woke up and they saw Jesus' glory and the two men who were standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, how good it is that we're here. We'll make three tents, one for you, one for Elijah, and one for Moses. He didn't really know what he was saying. And while he was still speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them with its shadow. And the disciples were afraid as the cloud came over them. And a voice said from the cloud, This is my son. Listen to him. When the voice stopped, there was Jesus all alone. The disciples kept quiet about all this and told no one at that time anything they had seen. May God's blessing be added to the reading, the hearing, and the keeping of his holy word. What do you do when you have a heavy decision to make? You stew about it? Chew on it for a time? Sleep on it? Just keep putting it off? You know that you should and you could pray about it, but not quite sure what to say? Well, there are existing prayers you can use that might be helpful. Some time ago, I came across this prayer in a little booklet called Alive Now. And truth be told, I've sh shared this with you before, but it might help to hear it again. It's written by a woman named Flora Wolner, and she says, I found this special form of prayer extraordinarily helpful when I'm perplexed about a moral decision or a direction for myself. I call it the radical prayer, and it goes like this. Holy Spirit, if this is right for me, let it become more firmly rooted and established in my life. If this is wrong for me, let it become less important to me, and let it be increasingly removed from my life. Well, actually, there are many prayers you can use. Just Google them. You may find one that's more helpful to you than this one. I found another one that was kind of helpful to me that outlines nine steps that you can take. And I look, as I looked at that one, I thought that might be a good one, that I could follow those steps. It seems there are always decisions to be made 
every day, some short-term, some long-term, some perhaps more serious than others. Even if you don't make a decision, that's a decision, isn't it? When I was growing up in Southern Illinois, you've heard this before, we didn't observe Lent. What we did observe was Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Not Monday, Thursday either. So the concept of Lent was rather new to me when I came to the Congregational Church. And I rather liked it. I liked the idea of Lent as a time of preparation, of self-examination and self-introspection, self-preparation, a time to maybe study by yourself or with others. Time to study yourself. Some people give up something. As you do that, you are to remind yourself that you are giving up this thing that you enjoy in order to become more aware of serving, of being of service to others. Or in recent years, instead of giving up something, you add something to your life, a spiritual practice perhaps, or give away something every day. And reminding yourself that you're doing this to honor the life and death of Jesus. There are three kind of common practices of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. That's a funny word, isn't it? Almsgiving. All it means is giving something to charity or to others. Setting aside, especially during these 40 days of Lent, a special time each day to pray. All of these practices, giving up something like chocolate or ice cream or maybe a meal once a week, and then giving the cost of that meal to a charity. Maybe you could put a jar on the kitchen table and put those coins or a bill or two to cover that cost in the jar. And at the end of Lent, using these coins to buy food for the food pantry. Well, that's covering two of those practices, fasting and almsgiving. Actually, do what is meaningful or what feels good to you, what reminds you of why you are doing this. After all, this is a personal time and a personal choice to you. Adding a prayer time. I came across a little story or an article recently that put a different spin on praying for me. And it rather blew me away. I don't know if it will affect you the way it did me or not. It was actually a revelation or an inspiration. And I want to read most of it to you so you can get where I'm coming from. It was written by Sue Monk Kidd, and it's in a book called When the Heart Waits. 
based on Mark 14:32. And they went to a place which was called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. It was the eve of Jesus' death. He was on the verge of being arrested. The hour was late, and the crisis surrounding the disciples had drained them inside and out. Jesus took them to a garden to wait through the long night. Did he ask them to pray, to plead his case? No. Sit down and rest, he said. I'll pray. Sit here while I pray. I looked at the candles glowing in a quiet cluster on the altar and considered these words. Suddenly, they became Christ's invitation, not only to the disciples, but to me. He wanted me to sit while he prayed. What could this mean? I kept wondering. The notion was remote to me. Was the spirit of Christ present and active within us, praying for us? Could it be that the prayer of waiting is being still and believing that Christ prays within us? I was thunderstruck by the idea. I recalled a particular verse in the Bible, one that had always seemed kind of cryptic to me. Back home after church, I looked it up. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. From Romans 8, 25 and 26. Dear God, I thought, you do pray in me while I wait. You pray with sighs too deep for words. To take upon ourselves the posture of sitting while Jesus prays brings us into the most graceful mystery of the waiting experience that there is, that of opening to the intimate presence of the Spirit, praying with them, penetrating, speaking, and holding us in our darkness. The posture of sitting while Jesus prays reminds us that the Spirit is active in speaking. Our part is to learn to sit, yielding to God's activity in us, opening ourselves to divine prayer, listening to the silent words. Honestly, doesn't that idea blow your mind? Doesn't it give you comfort to know that you can sit very still and let Jesus do the praying for you? You don't need to start your prayer time with asking for this and that to be taken care of. 
Just sit still and let him pray for you. Just like when he took the disciples with him to the hilltop. Did he ask them to pray, to plead his case? No. Sit down and rest, he said. I'll pray. I honestly believe that he does that for us. That he does that for us too. When life is so perplexing, when, so, when it's so challenging, and we don't know how to pray, we don't even know what to pray for when we simply can't pray. He tells us too. Close your weary eyes. Sit down and rest. I'll pray. I'll pray for you. Grace given. We just need to receive. Lent starts Wednesday. Figure it out. It's offered freely. Sit down and rest. I'll pray. Amen.